Come on, let's Lord in this place. Hallelujah. He's, he's so worthy. He's going to prepare a place for us. Come on, let's clap your hands for Jesus. He's so worthy to be praised. 
so worthy to be magnified. He's a loving God. He's a faithful God. This time of the service, it is time to give our tithes and offering. Oh, that's all right to clap. Because God loves a cheerful giver. It pleases God to give back to him what is his. Because he promised us he was open up the windows of heaven and pull us out a blessing that we would not have room enough to receive. That's the kind of God that we serve. He is promised just to his word. He shall not lie to us. He will never lie to us. Sometimes we get overbearing sometimes and we don't want to do what God says do. But he still it's enough right there for to give him praise, to give him honor. And I want my online viewers to know they can have a chance to sow into this ministry as well. They can go to zionhill.com for to sow as well. And also there are some things we have that will be going on for this year that a pastor has already discussed. We have the youth building. We have the LLD sign that uh, goes right here. And we have some microphones as well to upgrade. So I want you to dig just a little bit deeper besides your tithes and offerings. Amen. Amen. Because God promised in his word he will give seed to the sower. He will give it back to us. Ushers, you may come forward. And I want you to lift your offering up to the Lord. Spirit of the living God. Father God, we find you true to your word. You never failed us and you never forsaken us. Now, Spirit of the living God, we're giving back to you that which you have given to us. Lord, we love you so much that we're going to go above and beyond what you asked us to give. You told us to only give 10%, but God, we love you so much that we're going to go above that because we're going to prove you at your word because you never lied to us and you kept your promises every time we come before you God and Lord we just say thank you Lord I decree and declare that God everyone who have sown and everyone who have obeyed your word that Lord that God that you will bring it back to them one thousand fold Lord let them have a testimony of your goodness Lord we thank you and we praise you God and Lord we ask that God you will have your way in this service on this morning let it be all of you and none of us oh God Lord we want to experience your power once again and Lord we thank you and we praise you in Jesus name and let the church say amen
come against us because the blood of Jesus. We plead the blood of Jesus. the word saying that we have the mind of Christ and the blood of Jesus it flows to the lowest valley. If you're in a valley this morning, know that the blood of the crucified lamb is there to pick you up. Hallelujah. here somebody if you're going through a storm I guarantee you your praise will get you out if you're going through a storm your dancing your feet will get you out come on here somebody this means war we got to declare war on the day we got to declare war on this year God just spoke God spoke to the man of God this our year of ghosting and ghosting means peace. And how many of you know, when you have the peace of God, the enemy gonna use anything and anybody to disrupt your peace. Uh, come on here, somebody. Somebody know what I'm talking about. Even when the doctor gives you a bad report, tell him, no, I plead the blood of Jesus. Even when your children act it up, I apply the blood of Jesus. I feel in my spirit somebody needs to praise God on the day. There is free course inside here. Come on here. There is a spirit of liberty inside here. Somebody needs to praise God on the day. Praise it for your healing. Even when you don't see it, God is still working behind the scenes. Praise it for your deliverance. Praise it for your breakthrough today. Who heated the elbow shot?
wait till a certain time to praise God. When you get on the parking lot, you should praise him. When you open up your mouth, you should praise him. Hallelujah. Some of you need to praise him for your children. They say a preacher's kid are the worst kids, but I, I say the devil is a liar. You got to watch your words. You got to speak. Victory over your children. You got to speak victory over your life. You got to speak victory over your household. And get this, you got to speak victory over your finances. God's people ain't got no business being poor. How you representing God and you living a poor life? You're poor in spirit and poor in the natural. That's not God. That's not the kind of God we serve. Come on here, somebody. Because if he never does anything else for me, If he never, never, never does anything else for him, he's done more than enough. Everybody could testify to that song. I plead the blood of Jesus. The blood will never fail you. Even in the power to be filled with the Holy Ghost is in this place. Just open up and receive what God has for you. It's here. The presence of the Lord is right here. Brother Matt, sometimes we got to empty out to be filled up. We got to get rid of all the junk that's in us. All the unforgiveness and the hate and the jealousy. Oh, I don't know where the Holy Ghost going with this. But you're expecting this something this year. You got to give something. God wants to fill us with the Holy Spirit. With the evidence of speaking in tongues. Because get this. When you pray in your heavenly language, you confuse the devil. He don't know what you're praying. He don't know what you're praying. He, he don't know what you're seeking God for. Oh, at this time. Oh, my God, I thank you. I thank you for the breakthrough, because I sure got me one. Got my breakthrough. So sometimes you got to be selfish. You had a hard week. I thank God for my breakthrough. At this time, I want to recognize our first-time visitors that is in the house. By the signifying of raising your hand. Thank you, man of God, for joining us on this morning as a token of our appreciation. After service, just stop by the guest service and pick up a gift. We thank you that you have joined us on this morning. To our online viewers, we love you. Thank you for tuning in to join with us on this morning. Now, Zion Hill, let's get up and show everybody some love. Amen.
in February as we begin our annual celebration in honor of Black History Month. All month long, we're celebrating Black excellence, Black achievement, and Black culture. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Zion Hill's Hidden Figures of 2024. Four, three, two. Hello, everyone.
made history over and over as the first black woman to graduate from Yale Law School. I was also the first black woman to join the New York City Bar Association, the nation's first black female judge. I served on the bench for 40 years and everyone else made a fuss about it, but I wasn't concerned about being first, second, or last. My work was my primary concern on Jane Bowling. At five feet, nine inches, 165 pounds, I was small for football, but that didn't stop me from bulldozing barriers on and off the field. I attended Brown University and led the team to the 1916 Rose Bowl. I was one of only two black players in the new NFL. And while I was still a player, the team named me its coach, the first African-American head coach in league history. I am first poly. first in many things. The first black student to earn a medical doctorate in Columbia University, where my groundbreaking work led to separating plasma from blood. This made it possible to store blood for a week, a huge breakthrough for doctors treating wounded soldiers in World War II. My efforts was a model in the Red Cross to mass produce dried plasma. I am Charles Richard Drew. You know all the work I did before the other man. I infiltrated the British Army as a spy at the end of the Revolutionary War. I provided crucial information that helped defeat the British. Who would have thought a slave from Virginia becoming a slave? The British valued my knowledge. Once they came, they, once I gained their trust, I moved back and forth between the two armies' camps, feeding false information to the British. To the British, while secretly documenting their strategies and relaying them back to General General Lafayette. There would be no James Bond without me. I am James Armistead Lafayette. The man's a chance to do things for ourselves. We're tired of beating our head against the wall and working for someone else. Say it loud. Say it loud. On a sweltering summer night in 1937, I had an idea. What if I could invent a portable cooling system that would allow trucks to better transport perishable food? In 1940, I patented a refrigeration system for vehicles, a concept that would allow businesses to better transport fresh produce. It also helped open new frontiers in medicine because hospitals could get new shipments of bloods and vaccines. I had over 60 patents, including one for a portable x-ray. I am Frederick McKinley Jones. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please stand for the Black National Anthem.
look for in terms of progress. And not only do we learn this morning, I see some of you shaking your booty and black and proud. That's all right. I'm glad they didn't play the whole song. (laughs) We are grateful, grateful, grateful. We got something to be proud about. And thank God for all the progress being made. And I believe with all my heart, God is not done with us yet. So I hope and pray that the message we will take from all of this is that there's more work to be done. And you may well be the person that God's going to use next. It's no secret what God can do. What he's done for others, he'll do it for you. Amen. Amen. Will you please show your appreciation to all of our worship team, our, our choir, our musicians, all of the dancers, the presenters. To God be the glory. Please permit me to rejoice with some of our members. It's always a good thing when we have praise report. 
God is doing some awesome things in this place. This week, one of our own brother Aaron Epps was celebrated by the city of Ball. Our whole playground is named after him. Amen. And guess why they did it? Because while he was a youngster in the city of Ball, he won just about every award in basketball. And now he moved move on from there and went to LSU. And now he's a professional basketballer, player, but they never forgot the record that no one has been able to break in the city of Ball, Tioga High. So this is one of your own members. And we thank God for that blessing. Amen. I'm believing God that this church will produce giants in the land. Say amen to that. The best is yet to come. I'm also pleased to report one of our own sister, Alma Perkins, uh, has just retired from working with the sheriff department. Amen. What a blessing. I was privileged to be in all of these occasions, all of these events. And one of the things that is so apparent, whether it's Aaron Epps, whether it's Sister Alma Perkins, they're all singing the praise of this church. So we're grateful that these are people that God has used to represent us well in the community. And I hope and pray that you and me also will be good ambassadors, not just for Christ, but for this church. So wherever the name of Zion Hill is mentioned, it ought to be something remarkable, something spectacular, all for the glory of God. Amen? Amen. Let me also invite you, if you're free this evening, at 6.30, one of our own musicians, will be performing right here in, in Alexandria. Let's go out today and support Minister Terrence Williams. Amen. Uh, I've, I've been to that, what's that place called again? Pamela Bayou. That's where at 6 30 this evening. So just go there and enjoy good gospel music. Amen. Let's thank God for that. Amen. I share this with our deacons ministry, and I meant it from all my heart. I don't know what we were discussing that day, but I told all of them that God has enabled me to be here to rewrite the history of black men and women in this community. 
We are great achievers. We are leaders. We are blessed with so much talent. I'm believing God for the time will come that when anything good is mentioned in central Louisiana, Zion Hill will be part of the conversation. And so we are grateful to all of you. I also want to thank those of you who are women who attended our planning session for the upcoming brunch in the month of March. Thank you. So many of you showed up. I got report from Sister Smith. And I, I believe God is up to something. Amen. It's a good thing. Amen. It's all right to clap. A good leader will see beyond your now and see the future. So I believe with all my heart that God would raise up a great women's ministry out of this church that will provide leadership not just for this church but for the entire community. Say amen to that. Again, we thank all of you for being here. Um, I want to call your attention to a few things. Uh, if you will please stand as we read the word of God. The book is 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We're going to read the whole verse. I just want the Bible to speak for itself. I really don't have a sermon per se. I just want to call your attention to a few things. Because this month, ladies and gentlemen, the month of February, we have two significant things going on. One is what we call the Black History Month. So throughout the month, every Sunday, we're going to be bringing something special to you. Also, this coming Sunday, I had a, a bishop that will be coming in to minister to us. So, it's going to be a great time in the Lord. In addition to black history, in this month also we have what we call Valentine. Valentine Day. Amen. And this is when we talk about friendship, love, and relationship. Amen. And if there's one area that we all need to improve on, it's in the area of our relationship. So I just want to talk briefly about that this morning. But I want the word of God to speak to our heart as to what it is. This thing we call love. The book is 1 Corinthians. We're going to read from verse 1 through verse 13. And the chapter is chapter 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 1 through 13. Thanks to all of the ministers that are here. We appreciate you. Pastor Reed, Pastor Tinney, Pastor Edison all of our associate ministers. It's a joy just to watch what God is doing in this place. We are very, very grateful. 
Let's read the word of God together. Though I speak with the tongue of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a tinkling symbol. Verse 2. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not, not love, I am nothing. Verse 3. And do I bestow all my goods to the poor? And do I give my body to be born? But have no love, it will profit me nothing. Verse 4. Love suffer long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Is not puffed up. Does not behave rudely does not seek its own, is not provoked, and think no evil. Love does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoice in the truth. Love bears all things, and believes all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Love never fails, but whether there be prophecies, they will fail. Whether there be tongues, they will cease. Whether there be knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that which is prophet has come, then that which is in part will be done away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also I am known. And now abided faith, hope, love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, we are grateful for the word of God. Thank you for the gift of love. Thank you for this great nation setting apart our day that we can celebrate one another. Thank you for our loved ones. Thank you for our friends. Thank you for the privilege to be in a relationship. Lord, I pray that you will help our understanding today. I pray that your name will be glorified today. Above all, I'm believing God for a stronger relationship inside this church and outside this church. Lord, I thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I'm going to be sharing with you briefly on the subject titled, Keys to Have a Great Relationship. As you may have noticed, there's a lot of challenges in 
various relationships in our community. We need to learn how to have a successful relationship. All minds clear? The first thing I want to do for the sake of understanding is to define what love is. Before you say to anyone, you, you my Valentine, you need to know what love is all about. The way we use that word love here in America is kind of confusing sometimes. So the Bible says in all of our getting, we must get understanding. The reason why I say it can, it can be confusing is because we will see such thing like, I love my dog. And then we will say, I love ice cream. Some will say, I love Popeye chicken. Some will even say, I love big feet. And, and many people will say, I love my husband. Some will say, I love my wife. Some will even say, I love my job. Where we're using the same word, but obviously, it don't mean the same thing. If I say, I love Popeye chicken, that doesn't mean I love my wife just as Popeye chicken. Something will be wrong with that picture. This is why the Bible says, in all your getting, get understanding. So what is love? What do we mean when we say to somebody, I love you? Ladies and gentlemen, love is defined as unconditional commitment to an imperfect person. I can close my book and go home. Love is an unconditional commitment to an imperfect person. Ladies and gentlemen, the Greek are not confused about that word like we do in English language. They have different description for different kinds of love. They specifically, they have four words that you might need to take note of. The first one is called filio. Another one is called eros. Another Greek word is called stego. And of course, we have what we call agape love. Just for your record, the filio kind of love is love between friends. So unlike English, where we just say we love, we love, we love ice cream, we love everybody, we love the sky, we love the moon. No, the Greek took the time to distinguish what kind of love we're talking about. So when you say you love a friend, you're talking about filial love. And of course, we have stego kind of love, which is love between families. 
So there are people that are biologically connected, you know. So, for example, when you say to your parent, Mama, I love you, you're not talking about feel you. You're talking about stego. Love between relatives, your children, your loved one, anyone that you're biologically connected with. There's another kind of love that we call agape, which is God's kind of love. God loves us without any condition. Thank God for that. And of course, there is this other kind of love called eros, that sensual attraction. From time to time, we, we all have an opportunity to love somebody erotically. The word eros is from the word erotic. In fact, the Greek was so sure about it, they had a god that is called the goddess of erotic attraction. And ladies and gentlemen, they build temples to this god. In fact, so much that people will go to the temple to worship the god of Eros. And people will go to the temple and have sex at the altar. Just like I'm standing at the altar here. That's part of your, your history in the land of Greece. It was so bad that not only do they build these churches just to the goddess of Eros, then prostitutes begin to hang around the church. Male prostitute, female prostitute. Another thing you need to know, you know, you're getting get understanding. The female prostitute, the way you can know them as opposed to ordinary citizens, is that all those women will shave their head clean. And then the male prostitute, the way you recognize them, so you don't go to the wrong man and say, hey, let, let's be together. The male prostitute, they have long hair. Ladies and gentlemen, it was so weird that people would just drive around the church, around the temple, and when you see a woman that is completely without hair, bald-headed, you know she's a prostitute and she's off and available for business. Now you need to know also that Paul, in his ministry, began to preach in Corinth. See, I just read from the book of Corinthians. The word Corinthians from the city of Corinth. That word Corinth means corrupt. So don't just read Bible. Get understanding. So the whole city was corrupt. In fact, the city of Corinth has the largest temple to the goddess of sex. Now imagine a preacher trying to preach under that circumstance. 
and history record that Paul was so successful that he was getting a lot of prostitutes, male ones, female ones, getting them changed, getting them converted to become Christian. But that created a problem because even though you are now a child of God, you're still bullheaded. It takes time for those hair to grow back. So guess what Paul did? That's why he said that all women cover your head. Now you're just reading it, but you need to know why Paul had to say that. That's why he said to the men, cut your hair. So you, you can't just read these things and then say, okay, all men, make sure you cut your hair. Because we are not in Corinth. We don't have prostitutes living around the church. I hope so. <laughs> Amen, somebody. So, but what I'm saying to you is that things were so bad back then that this goddess of errors literally control everything that goes on in the society. And you would think that was back then. The truth be told, even today, that goddess of errors is still alive and well. Amen. It's still affecting what we do today. If you don't believe me, you turn on your television. Just about everything that will be advertised is connected with sex. They're trying to sell you a car, then they use sex. You see how troublesome we, we're in. So a lot of our media is dominated with sex content. And if you don't believe me, go into your social media. Go to Facebook. You think you just want to see your own picture. They'll make sure you see more than your picture. They have something called real to real. Many of you looking and say, I knew that. That's the goddess of errors affecting you and I's life. The same thing when you go to Instagram. When you go to Snapshot, they show you a picture. And after you saw it, mm -hmm, many of you are looking at me, I've never heard that in my life. <laughs> Don't be a lying devil. We have all these things. TikTok. Mm -hmm. Well, I just want to hear some preaching. No, they will show you more than the preaching. Am I right about it? Everywhere you go, you go to the movies. The God of Errors is waiting for you. Now they're even pushing it to the extreme. Now they're selling toys. Sex toys. 
It's mighty quiet in the house. The truth will set us free. What I'm trying to suggest to you is that what used to happen way back is still going on today. Am I right about it? Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not here trying to preach against sex. Believe it or not, it's a gift from God. So for those of you who are married, uh, I commend you to read the first book of Corinthians chapter 7. Have plenty of sex. It's in your Bible. Begin to read. This called the book of Corinth. Paul was addressing this issue of love, sex, what you should be doing as a child of God. So I'm not here bashing sex. What I'm saying, ladies and gentlemen, is that you need to know there's more to a relationship than just sex. I know some of you have become so Christian that you don't want to, to be touched or touch anyone in your house. I've even seen sisters that will say, well, I, will, I, I don't want to look cheap or I don't want to look bad to my husband or whatever. But there's nothing wrong, ladies and gentlemen, for you to initiate. So don't go by American tradition. Get a familiarity of the word of God. So don't be passive because there's so many temptations out there. So if the Lord bless you with a spouse, enjoy your spouse. Amen. Amen. And, then, and if you don't know what to say, I'll, I'll teach you what to say. Amen. You know, sometimes you, you just play your your role as a wife, maybe you, maybe you, you serving dinner, or maybe you just whisper to your husband's ear and say, "Honey, I want to have a flight to Jerusalem tonight." I'm trying to help somebody, you know. You know, no, nobody can confuse that, but he got it. Or you can just say, you know, sometimes kids are around, you know, and you're not able to speak your heart like you want it. Just, just say to, to, to your spouse, say, honey, I want you to make a, a full deposit today. You don't have to withdraw. So, so hey. So, so. Oh, it's mighty quiet today. I'm trying to teach somebody about relationship. Amen, somebody. Ladies and gentlemen, but the reason, so I am not here to condemn sex as a gift of God. But I am here to call your attention to the fact that if all you got is sex, it will fade. Are you listening to me? You need something more in your relationship. 
than just sex. And the truth be told, for those of you who are men, as you age up, your generator. Uh, uh, I'm trying to help somebody. So therefore, you need more than sex. Amen, somebody. So relationship, ladies and gentlemen, when we talk about having a good relationship, you need somebody that respects you. You need somebody that cares for you. You need somebody that understands you. You need somebody that is proud to be around you. Notice what you need is more than just emotional stuff. Find somebody who respects you. Find somebody who cares about you. Find somebody who understands you. Invest the time and energy to find somebody who is proud to be around you. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking about someone who loves you just the way you are. Amen, Amen somebody. Amen. So true love is not about being handsome. It's not about being beautiful. It's not about being cute. It's not about being perfect. It's not even about being wealthy. You cannot buy true love. Are you listening to me this morning? So the question must be asked. Some of you will say, Pastor, okay, I get it. So how will I know if somebody truly loved me? I'm trying to prepare you for the Valentine's Day. Before you waste your whole day with, with somebody who don't even give, who don't like you. There is a way to tell if somebody cares for you. What are those ways? Number one, if somebody says they love you, but they cannot show you to their loved ones, they just come in you. Are you still here this morning? If he or she says, I'm in love with you, but you've never been introduced to important people in his life or in her life. You don't have a love. As you say, have you met his parents? Have you ever been introduced to his pastor? Have you met any of his closest friends? If he is hiding you, he is scamming you. You're not going to find too many pastors that will, that will be this blunt with you. I just don't want us to be reading Bible. We need understanding. Amen, somebody. Another thing is that if a woman says she loves you, she will be totally committed to you. 100%. Amen. 
That's how you know if you're loved. And you'll be able to tell. Amen, somebody. I've got to warn you about women now. Mm-hmm. Women by nature are gifted to be multitask. So they can do a lot of things at the same time. So in, in American culture, women typically don't approach men. The men approach the woman. But the question must be asked, what do you do when wrong people are approaching you as a woman? Because an average woman has a picture of what she wants. So because she's multitask, what she'll do, she'll bring you in, but you're only a temporary. <laughs> so she knows how she can multitask while she's holding on to you. She's also looking for something better. So true love is when somebody is completely committed to you. And you can tell, sometimes you ask a woman, you say, uh, what is your name? They will say, no, I'm married. You see, where do you live? I'm married. Can I have your telephone number? I got a boyfriend. You see how commitment looks like? But if you find your, your woman, mm -hmm. you see, a woman can come to a big room like this. She's so talented, she can scan the whole room for eligible. <laughs> And without you knowing, men are, are not that smart, by the way. Men are not made to be multitask. Sister girl, if a, if a man is looking at you, you can tell. Because he don't know any better, he just be looking. <laughs> you all can handle this kind of teaching. But a woman can be looking at you here and be facing here. But she already know everything going on there. She can be multitask. If you don't believe me, you see, we are all different. God made us different, male and female. The Lord taught me the hard way. One day my, my spouse wanted to go to grocery, you know, and then left me with three kids. That's all we had that time. I thought, I'm going straight to hell that day. <laughs> one kid was crying. Another one's fighting. And then the phone is ringing. I mean, so many drama was going on. Guess what I did? I went to the windows to see if she's back. <laughs> because I'm not wired. If I'm working on a project, I faced that project and locked in. Yes, That's a man. 
but a woman can do many things at the same time. You are still here this morning. Ladies and gentlemen, so you can really, if you're, if you're attentive, you can tell when your man is cheating. But oh, it's hard to tell when a woman is cheating. It's my required today. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, what I'm trying to suggest to you this morning is that when it comes to this thing called relationship, Christians, because we don't want to talk about it, so we get easily in trouble. But by permission of the Holy Spirit, I want to help somebody today. To whom much is given, much is required. One of the first mistakes we made as Christians is that we equate love with how we feel. Let me suggest to you, ladies and gentlemen, feelings fluctuate. So you cannot go by what you feel. One sign of maturity is the ability to do what you have to do regardless of how you feel. I've watched pastors literally walk away from the pulpit because of how they feel. I watch people walk away from the choir because of how they feel. Those are clear signs of immaturity. A matured man or woman will be able to do his job without being distracted by how he feels. The truth be told, there are many times I come to minister here that I don't feel good. But you will never know. If you ask all these precious ministers here, they'll tell you. There are times that they're going through serious challenges. But Christian maturity is when you have the ability to do what you have to do regardless of how you feel. So what guarantees success in relationship is your ability to overcome your feelings. So ladies, please pay attention. There's too many bad people in the world today. You have to be able to overcome your feelings. It's my required now. In relationship, what is more important is you being compatible with your so-called Valentine or what with the person that you, you say you love or the person that is telling you he loves you. Ask a serious, honest question. Am I compatible with this person? See, that takes you far above your feeling. Amen, somebody. So don't be moved by getting aroused. Be moved by getting 
much better. Getting along. Getting along with a person is far more important than your emotional state. Are you still here? So don't focus on how that person look. Anybody can enhance their look any day, any time. So focus on, am I compatible? Yes, your feelings are real, but your feelings are not always right. Are you all see here this morning? Just think about it. Let me give you a, an example. If you were given the option or the, the requirements that you can only wear one shoe for the rest of your life, that you cannot change your shoe for the rest of your life. Now, are you going to be looking for the most good-looking shoe? Of course not. So, the feeling is not important. Once you realize this is what you have to deal with for the rest of your life, you're going to be looking for quality. You're going to be looking for comfort. The same thing in true relationship. Too many of us who have been bound. So the Bible says, you fool me once. Shame on you. But the word of God is saying, don't be a career mistake holder. That you're constantly making the same mistake over and over again. You can learn a lot from our sisters. Uh, I've noticed, especially in my own home, I'm blessed with a bunch of sister girls, and they will wear high heel shoes. Some of the shoes are, oh, Lord. And, but I noticed something else. When they wear their hair high heel, they look very elegant, very impressive. But something they always do, they be carrying a slippers. Some of you looking at me and see, I've never seen that in my life. Just think about it. Why do you think she's carrying her slippers in the back? Because you can only wear those high heels for so long. At some point, you want to get rid of just looking good to being comfortable. So when it comes to relationship, I don't care if it's a man that comes after you or a woman that says I do, look for compatibility. Look for somebody that will bring you comfort. Amen. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, another thing you need to be very, very attentive to in relationship is not just the feeling part, you have to make sure you pay attention to how you dress. The Bible has a lot to say about this thing. Unfortunately, pastors don't preach it. They would rather tell you, well, let's pray, let's shout. Guess what the book of 1 Timothy, chapter 2, verse 9 says? <coughs> the Bible talks about Moderacy. 
Make sure you read your Bible. Ladies and gentlemen, the Bible says women especially should dress in modest apparel. Even if you don't have the Lord Jesus in your heart, even if you're not born again, at least common sense ought to tell you when you go out, you ought to put some clothes on. That's what the Bible is saying. Yes, all of us will be going out. Valentine's Day is coming. But not just for Valentine's Day. Be mindful of how you present yourself. So why would you think he's cute advertising your breast? Just think about it. You don't need to be really deep in Bible. A little common sense. Why would you think, ladies and gentlemen, it's, it's okay to advertise your behind? That's that's like insulting your own self. You don't want to do that. You are somebody's daughter. Amen. You are somebody's mama. Amen, somebody. Ladies and gentlemen, so be mindful of how you present yourself. So don't walk around half naked. Don't walk around like you're a neighborhood hooker. You are a child of the Most High God. You are a chosen generation. You are a royal. By the way, those are not my words. That's what God thinks about you. Amen. So, when it comes to true relationship, look for compatibility. Don't dwell on your feelings. Be modest in your outlook, your dressing. And ladies and gentlemen, look for sincerity. Look for acceptance, not perfection. One of the reasons why the enemy is killing us in this area, we're too busy looking for Mr. Right or Mr. Perfect. Nobody's perfect except God. In fact, if you notice, whenever God wants to use somebody, he never looks for perfection. God always takes somebody that has shortcoming and then work with him or work with her. Are you are still here. So marriage or relationship is really a relationship between two forgivers. Are you listening to me? Don't let the devil deceive you to think that your partner is perfect. No. He's not or she's not. But marriage is a relationship between two forgivers. So stop reminding your partner what happened in 1902. I, I 
was talking to one brother not too long ago, and his wife was just crying and crying and crying, and she, she was just overwhelmed with tears, and the brother don't know what is going on. So he called me, Pastor, what do I do now? He, she's just crying, won't stop. I said, it's very simple. We're going to pray about it. I said, but you're right there with her. Ask her. And guess what the sister said? Do you know what today's date is? The guy don't remember. Probably like me. I don't even remember my own birthday. I'm too busy trying to make things happen in life. And then she asked, do you, do you know what today's date is? The brother said, I don't know. I don't remember. He said, today is the anniversary of your adultery. And that's what she's crying about. You know what I'm trying to suggest to you? Stop trying to remind your partner everything he did wrong or everything she did wrong. You need to forgive and move on. Am I helping somebody today? Ladies and gentlemen, another thing that you will need for a good relationship is what we call humility. What did I call it? When you get a chance, I see people are telling me it's time to go. Read the book of Ruth, chapter 3, verse number 6. They're talking about Ruth, who, by the way, married Boaz. If I say, let's pray that God will bring your Boaz, all of you will shout amen. But you need to know the price that she had to pay. So pastors don't serve you well by simply just dwelling on feel good, sound good doctrine. That scripture says, ladies and gentlemen, Ruth went down to the floor. Languages like that are languages of humility. To have a great relationship, my brothers, my sisters, both parties must be humble. Even scientists discovered the greatest need of a man is not sex. Guess what his greatest need for? Respect. You don't have to take my word, just Google. So ladies and gentlemen, we have to be humble. Amen. And the greatest need of a man is not food. Some of you, you will spend two hours in the kitchen. What the, what you cooking? You, you, there's a man, he can go anywhere and buy food. Amen. That's the truth. So, don't waste your energy on things that really don't matter. Invest your time in that woman. Invest your time in that man. Ladies and gentlemen, the problem, ladies and gentlemen, too many of us are too proud to be humble. 
we talk down on our spouse. We talk down on our partners. Are you all still here? So just, sister, just because you have a nice job, or now you're a college graduate, or you're CEO at your job, that does not give you permission to look down on your husband. I know we don't like to hear this, but the Bible says your husband is the head of your house. So it takes humility. Amen. And one of the tragedies in the body of Christ, a lot of men, a lot of women, they will come to church, they, they are wonderful. But when they're at home, they're devil. So why will you come to the house of God and preach and shout and hoop and hollow or get on the choir stand and sing as if you're an angel? But the moment you get home, somebody shout humility. So what you do in the church ought to reflect what you do at home. Amen, somebody. Amen, somebody. The Bible talks about meekness. Meekness in the word of God is strength that is put under control. What God is desiring for you, my sister, is for you to be able to achieve as much as you want. In fact, a good husband would do everything to push you to succeed. But then you don't turn into a monster just because you succeed. The law of God is still very much. I wish I have time. There are seven areas where women are far more powerful than men, according to the word of God. Are you listening to me? Maybe I need to spend more time teaching about relationships. Just think about it. You see, I'll give you an example. The whole army of Philistine could not conquer a man called Samson, but one woman. Now that's real power. What a whole army could not do. One woman. So you have a lot of power within you. I see your uh, Aston. Uh, you need to take advantage of the gift of God that God has given you and make sure you use it for the glory of God. What is my message? It's not every fight you have to fight. Some argument you don't need to bring it up. Amen. Let me say this in conclusion. I promise I'll stop. There are, just like I, I, I was talking about seven powers of a woman, there are three things about a man, every woman, you need to know. In every woman, there are seven powers. In every man, there are three that are very significant. Number one, 
in every man there's a little boy who wants to come out and play. Oh, it's mighty quiet now. <laughs> In every man is a king who wants to rule. Are you listening to me? I see you, I promise. In every man is a fool that wants to act out. So, but here's the secret, sister. You know he got all those things in him. So the one that you address is the one that will come out. Let me make you this promise. If you treat any man as a king, he will treat you as a queen. I got to stop. Everybody stand to your feet. As we get ready for our Valentine's Day coming, notice it's not just about kissy-kissy. It's not just about gifts. We want a healthy relationship. Just hold somebody next to you and let's just believe God. Our Father and our God, I thank you for the opportunity to study the Word of God. Grass may wither, flowers may fade, but the Word of God will stand forever. Lord, I thank you for every relationship that is present in this house. Lord, where things are broken, I pray for repairs. Lord, I pray for divine intervention. Some people give gifts. They don't really mean it. Some men are coming to church, singing, shouting, speaking in tongue. But if you really interpret the tongue, it's, Lord, please take my wife home. People are living in pain, silent pain, exchanging gifts. Yet, they're hurting. Lord, I pray for healing. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray that you will heal. <coughs> Lord, I pray that you will consider the health of our families, the health of our marriages. The devil meant things for evil. Lord, I pray that you will turn things around for our good. Lord, I pray for wisdom. There are many people who are not yet committed to any relationship, but they are believing you, oh God, to send the right man, to send the right woman. Lord, it may well be that you you put people on hold until they learn some of these lessons I'm teaching. Lord, I pray for wisdom in this house. Wisdom for all of our sisters. 
wisdom for all of our brothers. Lord, we need your wisdom. Lead us and guide us to the right person. And I thank you out of this house. You will build great family. Great success stories. We believe you and we receive it by faith. In Jesus' name. And the church say, Amen. Amen. Come on, give the Lord God a clap of This will conclude our worship experience today. If you are here and you and you'd like to be a part of this ministry, I want you to know one thing. This is one place that you will learn. This is one place that you can use your gifting. This is one place that you can have true covering. Some churches, you join them and they put all your business on the street. But I can assure you, you have a man of God here that will watch for your soul. So after the benediction, if you're looking for a church home, and everybody needs a church home, one of the things that you need to look for in relationship is somebody who is stable. If he has to go to 52 churches in a year, run. That's a time bomb waiting to explode. You need a church home where you can stay and be a part of what God is doing. So after the benediction, my wife and I will be standing here. We welcome you to come and we will receive you with, with our hands of fellowship. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord shine his face upon you. May the Lord lead you and guide you in your decisions, in your choices. Lord, I pray in the precious name of Jesus that the hand of God would never lead you. It is so. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 And amen. God bless you.